And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right. Three, two, one. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning. We have all of your exciting weekend action in the association right here on the Athletic Podcast Network. My name is Jared Weiss. I am joined by the food connoisseur, the dinner master himself, Mo Dekeel. What's going on, Mo? Uh, not a whole lot. The uh, pre-podcast meal today was the spicy shrimp ramen stir fry. So uh, we'll see my, how my performance goes tonight on the podcast after uh, all of that floating around in my little belly. I love it. This guy, he's ambitious. He's willing to take risks, and we're going to take some risks here. We got Jade Hoy in the studio making sure this sounds nice and spicy for you. And before we get started, I want to make sure that you don't miss exclusive, in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. So subscribe now and save to The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash daily ding where you can receive an all-access subscription for just $3.99 a month. So coming up on today's show, we have some big-time debuts and returns from injury. Zion was flying high, and we had a horrifyingly beautiful Fox explosion in that game as well. But of course, we're going to start with the game that matters here. James Harden making his debut for the Brooklyn Nets. They win 122-115. to 115. We had James Harden with a 30-point triple-double in his debut for his new team, which is the first time that's ever happened, apparently. He had 32 points 12 rebounds 14 assists four steals and nine turnovers almost pulled off a classic james harden quadruple double there kevin durant in that game 42 points and five dimes as well take the floor mo let's talk about james harden yeah i mean there was good and bad with this scenario i think the the, this is the first game it's tough look james probably didn't even know about a third of his teammates you know, by the time the game was tipping off and, and was rolling, there were highlights in there. There were times where you saw the offense, wow, this thing really clicks. And then there are times where I looked at the defense and I was just like, man, the the defense is tough. I mean, Jared, they gave up 115 points to the Magic. And I think the last time the Orlando Magic scored hundred more than 100 points was in the year 2020. I don't <laughs> think they've done it yet in 2021. I am stalling for a split second so I could pull up the data. Oh, man, I'm wrong. They scored 105 on January 6th. That was the last time. But, but in the know, game, they, they had played. I, I was covering the game before that they played. They played the Celtics and they got destroyed by the Celtics the night before. You know, maybe there's a little bit of a pick me up of trying to, you know, uh, right the ship after getting killed the night before. But like still, this is a team starting Dwayne Bacon, Cole Anthony and James Ennis. Oh, no, 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 this isn't this isn't trashing. The Orlando Magic, it's trashing the Nets defense. I think you got I think you got lost there a little bit, Jared, with with uh, all this magic talk here. The the Nets defense is something that's really gonna concern me. And I think ultimately it's gonna be a question of can their offense overpower the the weaknesses on defense? Because 
you said it, no Kyrie yet. And when Kyrie comes, as much of a boost as that might be on the offensive end, you're adding another bad defender to the floor. Like these, this is my concern with the trade. It's not what it does on the offensive end. On the offensive end, I think they'll figure it out with the three of those guys. They'll make it work some way, somehow. It's just, what are they going to do defensively? Because when I look at that and the rest of the guys on that roster, besides Durant, there's not a lot of guys I trust defensively. No, you're right. And I mean, we were already concerned about their defense before they made the trade. And now Jared Allen is a Cav. DeAndre Jordan is starting for now, but I don't know if that's going to last. So they—he's not have closing the game. Like, they weren't even—they weren't—he wasn't even in the closing lineup of this game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's not like they're dependent on him all that much. Sure, I mean, there's not really any room for them to fit Bruce Brown or TLC into the starting lineup, but who knows? Maybe they'll have to make it happen and turn Joe Harris into a six man just to have some form of defensive balance. But let's at least focus on the positive, which definitely wasn't those jerseys that kind of look like an acid wash Canadian tuxedo. What? You don't like? I want a pair of those shorts. What are you talking about? Oh man, I mean, I like the I like the color scheme and the old school logo, but I'm not feeling the whole acid wash style or whatever that is man i need a new podcast partner i can't deal with this incompetence <laughs> okay well the, the competence certainly was on the offensive end where hardy and i thought had a nice balance of going into a little bit of his usual isolation but being a really willing pick and roll playmaker who was didn't really i mean the, the way that he was connecting with his teammates on these passes he did not look like somebody who had just came to a team all of a sudden i mean he does have experience with jeff green at least from last year so you can see their pick and pop game was really well connected but his ability to fit in so seamlessly right away i thought was a really great sign for them yeah and i thought this was a little bit of I'm the new guy. I'm going to make sure everybody loves me. It's I'm very curious. What's this going to look like in March, you know, and, and how that flows? Will it be better? Will it be, will he be almost less willing and trying to score more like that's That's the thing. I'm not surprised by him really looking to pass to his teammates early in the, uh, the, this run and trying to experiment. But Jared, there was one key play that I thought is really kind of the reason why you make this trade. And it was on the offensive end. The possession started with the ball in Durant's hands. He's getting double teamed because the team's trying to get the ball out of Kevin Durant's hands because he's a pretty damn good ball player. Makes sense. He kicks it to Joe Harris. Harris drives on the closeout. He kicks it to Harden. Harden's waiting for a second, holds up the defense. And as soon as the defense just takes a step towards him and away from Durant, he swings it to Durant for a bucket. Like that's kind of the deal. Like that's, it's a pick your poison offense. And that's without Kyrie even on the floor. And I think that I saw that and I said, this is everything they're hoping for on the offensive end for the Nets. And that's going to be the key for them offensively and what they're going to be looking for. Well, the Nets with hopefully Kyrie Irving playing take on the Bucks Monday night. That is going to be worth watching. Let's head out to the Rockies, where the Jazz outlasted the Nuggets 109 to 105. This was a really fun game to watch. It's a rematch of last year's first round series that went seven games. And the Nuggets, they really struggled against the Jazz's pick and roll, which was really firing in this one. Yeah, it was really interesting to watch. It was just the weak side help was never on time 
in those rotations. I mean, they got so many buckets just rolling to the rim. It, you know, Gobert had easy runs. Favors had easy looks. Like this, this kind of was just one of those things. I was watching it, going like, man, the the Nuggets need to start figuring this out. Yeah, and it, Gobert had it had a really nice night around the rim. I mean, there was one play in the third quarter where Paul Millsap rejected uh, a nice like cut floater layup right at the rim, and then the ball just went right to Gobert, who threw it down. I mean, there's a lot of just being seven foot two and near the rim was definitely working very well for him. And couple that with Jordan Clarkson scoring in isolation so well in this game, and also the a lot of the pressing that Utah was doing. They were putting a lot of pressure on Denver in the backcourt, even forcing some turnovers. I mean, Utah was just playing with that energy. Yeah, I mean, they came in with the juice and they've been playing well all week and they brought it tonight and they this game meant more to them. And it's not a matter of like they wanted it more, but it just kind of meant more. And this is an important matchup when you think about when we're going to look at seeding down the road. This is going to be a thing where we're going to be able to point back to this game going like, man, if the Jazz win this season series, they could be in a better position come playoff time. And I think that's going to matter. That's why these games are really important no matter where they are in the schedule, early in the year, middle of the year, or towards the end. For sure. And, I mean, the Nuggets guys that are supposed to deliver, they delivered. You had Jokic, 35 points, 14 boards, 9 dimes, 6 turnovers. Jamal Murray, he had 30 points, though on 11 for 27 shooting, uh, which I guess is not out of the ordinary for Jamal Murray. But when you're you're watching this Denver team, where you, you, I mean, you know, you're going to get some big nights out of those guys, and you're just looking for someone else just to have you know, a good, a good night being able to create, or just having a, a hot night from deep. And it, it just, this was not one of those nights for them. Yeah, it was a tough night. I mean, they were missing Michael Porter Jr., who's still out in the uh, COVID protocols. I think they're that's the third guy, right? Like that's the guy they would expect to get scoring on a regular basis. But it's tough to win nights when the other team gets you know, 23 from Clarkson off the bench and 11 from George Yang and, you know, just three from favors, but the other guys made up for it. You know, when, when they're getting that kind of contributions, it's hard to match, you know, and the jazz all around had six guys in double figures, like the, just a very balanced attack tonight from the jazz that kind of slowly wore down the nuggets. And the amazing thing is the Nuggets lost a game where Gary Harris hit a clutch three-pointer. You, you figure if you can get that out of Gary Harris and you've got to win the game. But what did you think of uh, at the end there where P.J. Dozier tried to take that charge, but it got called a block? I mean, it's the toughest call. Like, it's literally a bang-bang. Could have gone either way. I know the Nuggets challenged it, and it's probably just not enough to overturn. Just because for me personally, Jared, I want a more entertaining game. I wish they called it a charge so that it could be the Nuggets ball down three, but uh, that wasn't really the case. And I didn't think it had much of a chance to be overturned. It wasn't, there wasn't like indisputable evidence that the referees got it wrong. Yeah. I didn't really see anything there. Ding, ding. We got a lot of news to get to from this weekend. So uh, first thing is a potential change to rosters in the middle of the season. Something I've never heard of before. The NBA is in talks with the MVPA, according to R. Shamsharanya, about adding an additional roster spot, likely a third two-way player. We actually have a story up on The Athletic you definitely want to read, talking to coaches and GMs around the league of what they think of this proposal. And it's not quite as straightforward as you would think. Uh, so a lot of interesting angles to that one. So beats tu- stay tuned because probably a decision will be made on that in the next week or so. 
Uh, and the reason why is because there were a lot of cancellations in the past week. Uh, there were 15 of the 16 cancellations that have happened so far this season coming over the past week. Uh, we had on Friday, the Wolves and Grizzlies had to postpone their game because the Wolves could not field an eight-man roster. Carl Anthony Towns then revealed on social media that he had COVID in a really heartbreaking statement that is really worth reading just to remember just what has been happening with Carl Anthony Towns over the past year. He's had several family members pass from COVID and he's been very remarkably vulnerable and honest about what that has been like. But uh, that was not the only game that got postponed. We had Indiana and Phoenix postponed on Saturday and then Cleveland, Washington and Philly OKC were both postponed on Sunday. Uh, Washington GM Tommy Shepard revealed that the team has six positive cases right now, which is I think the most that we've had of any team, at least as far as we are aware of so far this year, Cleveland, Washington, they're, they were doing a back-to-back mini series. So on Monday, they are also going to postpone that game. So we'll have 16, I believe total once we've gotten through Monday. Uh, that's a lot of postponed games, Mo. So Isaiah Thomas was even in the news saying that he's talking to teams about making a potential return. There are a few open roster slots out there, but we did have some big returns this weekend. We had Christoph Przingis finally returning on Friday, played a pretty decent game on Sunday in a Mavericks loss. Kemba Walker, he made his season debut after a three-month knee rehab process. He was kind of all over the place, had a bunch of turnovers, but also made a few nice plays in Boston, getting absolutely shellacked by the Knicks and what was by far the worst game of the weekend. And then even John Moran made an early return from a grade two ankle sprain and helped lead the Grizzlies to a 106-104 win over the Sixers on Saturday. But let's talk about Kristaps because that is the big variable, right? I mean, we've seen Luca is continuing to put up massive numbers. Rest of the Dallas team hasn't been really quite at the same level that we feel like they probably were last year, especially in the playoffs. How does get? How did at least from what you saw so far? How do you feel like this team can put it together now with KP back? Yeah, I mean, they're also another one of these teams with several guys out with COVID. Um, but once they get everybody back, I think we're going to see some. A, a nice run from the Mavs. You know, their defense, not today, they got kind of crushed today by the Bulls, but their defense overall has improved. And I think once they're healthy again, I think there's no reason for that to continue. And having a guy like Porzingis just kind of creates more space for Luca to get going and, and get downhill and, and opens more doors for this team. So I won't be surprised to see once they get right and get everybody on the court together that it won't be long for them to kind of just fly up the uh, standings and rattle off a few wins. Sure. And we know how hard it is to guard that team when Luke is able to just run a pick and pop and kick it back to a seven foot three shooting guard out there. So that definitely makes life a little bit easier for him. Uh, so, you know, we had the James Harden trade and one of the things that was a surprise from that trade was, wow, they really picked all those picks over Ben Simmons. Well, according to a report uh, from, I believe, Keith Pompey, the Philadelphia Inquirer, the Sixers thought they had a done deal for Harden to the point that Ben Simmons and Matisse Thibel were told that they were going to be or to prepare for, to be traded uh, and allegedly Houston Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta refused to trade Harden to Daryl Morey, and now we see that James Harden is a net. So uh, that was 
a very fascinating report to come out after that trade, uh, I guess, fell through on their ends. And then last piece of business from that trade, that trade did be was held up a little bit because of the end of the trade that sent Victor Oladipo to Houston and Karis LeVert to Indiana. Unfortunately, an MRI that was done for Karis LeVert's uh, trade physical found that he had a growth in his kidney, and it's currently unknown what that means for his future, and they're going to be running more tests. Hopefully, it turns out to be something relatively benign uh, but it did result in indiana getting a little bit of small draft compensation additionally uh, to complete the trade this episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob ultra courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive nba prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an nba game and more Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Our last game of the night takes place in Sacktown, where the Pelicans beat the Kings 128 to 123. And wow, this was an exciting one. A battle between two of the most exciting athletes in the NBA, De'Aaron Fox and Stephen, I'm sorry, Zion Williamson. Zion, he had 31 points on 13 for 15 shooting. And that that should be the most remarkable salad of the night. But we had De'Aaron Fox scoring 43 points and having 13 assists and four steals to go along with that. Mo, this, I mean, this was like the, this was youth athleticism at its very finest. Yeah, no, he, I mean, this was a fun game to watch between this as uh bright stars in our league with Fox and Zion. I mean, you touched on Zion going 13 to 15 for 31 points. Like he was just a beast. And then you had, I mean, 
Aaron, De'Aaron Fox with another just monster dunk down the lane. In crunch time, it, it seems like that's happening every single time that there's a close game. He just he goes into this kind of, you know, full steam ahead mode where he just keeps exploding through the defense, whether it's in transition or in the half court. I mean, he's, he's playing with a level of conviction, a level of aggressiveness that I think is kind of a, a revolution from where he was before. Yeah, I mean, he's he's growing as a player. I mean, he's in this fourth year in the league, third or fourth year in the league. Like he's growing. You're watching it blossom i think he's doing a better job of getting into the offense understanding what's going on in the game and and getting them moving so you know it's not a surprise jared to see him kind of this stuff slow down but ultimately here's the thing the kings aren't going to win games if they don't play defense and they're not playing defense at all this season yeah that was a concern i mean <laughs> uh you got buddy healed out there you've got marvin bagley out there the, those two guys have not been uh known for their defensive efforts i mean but you also had rashawn holmes was uh kind of getting uh toyed with a little bit by the pelicans driving and then dump offs and stuff like that i mean steven adams he had the free throws ice the game at the end there where they were able to get a dump off through the lane and he drew the foul it just their their rotations and their their ability to protect the paint is just kind of completely off at this point yeah, I mean, they, they got a long way to go defensively. I remember like early in the year, there were questions like, can the Kings make it interesting and, and, and find a way into the playoffs? And just watching their defense, it's right now it's a no. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of person to get all excited about highlight plays, but Zion, he had one dunk on on uh, on uh, Chimizim Metu out of, out of the post where he, I think he got his like, eyes over the rim or he must have got his forehead at least up to the rim on that one and then he had like a dr j-esque uh kind of like when dr j had that great from behind the backboard finger roll on kareem he had a play almost like that i think we're starting to see zion get a better feel for how to utilize his ability to just hang in the air where he's no longer just throwing himself right into people but he's finding ways to kind of get around them and then just be able to live in that airspace in a way that just nobody can really contest him yeah, we're seeing a, a healthier and, and, and Zion, I think, and a little bit of a better understanding on the offensive end in terms of, you know, how he can move and, and, and all that. I think it all stems at the end of the day, Jared, to just, you know, feeling confident in his body that he can move this way. Because this is some of the moves he was making at Duke, right? Like this was the agility we saw that we were expecting more last season that we weren't able to get as he was coming back. And I think, you know, we're we're beginning to see all the stuff of like, oh, yeah. That's Zion. Yep, that is Zion. When you see someone do something and you're like, how is that possible? You're like, oh, yeah, that's Zion. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about all the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like The Athletic NBA Show. We have No Dunks. We have House of Strauss. Plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. And don't forget to follow on the app where you can get notifications for new episodes and you can utilize the podcast episode comment section. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus some fantastic writing across all major sports all for a super low price just get a subscription today at theathletic.com slash daily ding and you never know when these promos end so you better get there soon and we want to thank you for waking up with us let's get out of here mo ding ding
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.